Hey everyone, this is Tiffany from TiffanyLambert.com. So two different uh, people that I was talking to or dealing with online um, had questions. So we're going to talk about what they wanted to know today. And they're basically both kind of about the same thing. It's about how to know if doing something different or unique is going to pay off for you or when you should fall in line, you know, status quo and do things the same way everyone else is doing. Um, so I, I want to talk about two different situations. The first one is for internet marketers. Um, I, I touched on this with my list the other day. I talked about some ways that I had come up with what were unique to me. I hadn't seen them being done anywhere. Ways of making money. One of them was um, that I used, instead of doing PLR, where everybody gets to buy, or ghostwriting, where I had a set page amount, um, I I used a plugin, an auction plugin on my blog, and I auctioned off content. It was for one owner, but it was a bidding process, so I actually made more than my page rate as a ghostwriter back then. Um, and another thing that I did that was really unique was uh, lens flipping and also turning it into a service. Now, a lens was a it was a page on a site called squidoo.com, which is now gone defunct. Um, but back then it was a really good SEO type of site. You could put up these lenses and you could rank really well. It was kind of an organic social site at the type at the time. And, um, so it was going really well and you could write like a page and a half's worth of content for an entire lens. Um, so what I did, because I, I knew I was using Squidoo just as a writer. Um, and so my, pages were ranking and things like that. And so I started flipping them because I found out this little thing where you could transfer a lens to someone. And I thought, well, I could just build them on, let's say I built a lens on anti-aging and just sell it to someone and transfer it over to their account. So I started doing that. Um, and Seth Godin was okay with it. He, we talked a few times in emails and um, he was fine with this, with that lens flipping and also the service. I started a service where people could order custom lenses like, you know, hey, I want a lens on the whatever diet or whatever. And I'd create it for him. I would put images in there for him and I would, um, you know, links and whatever they wanted to their blog and stuff. So those were some unique ideas that I took a risk on and it paid off well for me. Um so the first thing you want to think about is how much effort is this going to take, this new idea to implement? Because if it's if it's something that's going to take you half a year to do, that's way more of a risk than you taking maybe a couple of weeks to try something out or maybe three weeks or whatever to see if there's interest in this. So that's a big consideration. There's a lot of people who have projects out there like software projects that it takes them, you know, sometimes a year to sit there and get that thing together. So you have to you know, evaluate that carefully. I knew I could build a lens quickly or write a content pack quickly and just see if anyone bit, right? And they did. And so then I'm like, oh, okay, I want to go full steam ahead on that. Um, also consider why isn't it being done yet? Because usually ideas are pretty much all out there. Um, it's what people do with existing ideas and how they tweak them and make them their own that that uh, matters most. So even, you know, the bidding on content, well, ghostwritten content was already out there. I just made it a little different. So was eBay. eBay was out there. I kind of just combined the little concepts of bidding and ghostwriting. So think about why it's not out there. A lot of times people will ask me if something is a good topic to launch as PLR. 
and it'll be something like how to fix how to fix a watch by yourself. Okay. Well, that's not a big it's not a big um in demand topic. Okay. So no, that's not a good PLR topic. If other people aren't doing it, sometimes it's not because oh, I've I've thought of this great idea that no one else has thought of. Sometimes it's just not considered because it's a bad idea. Um there's not a lot of demand for how to fix a watch and especially a DIY type of thing. Now, um, other topics you might come up with and go, oh yeah, you know, like wearable technology. Oh man, no one's done that yet. Yeah, let me go do that. Um, so that may be something that you run with. So really analyze why isn't it being done yet? Well, a DIY pack doesn't really give the person buying that pack anything to sell. What are they going to sell unless there's a watch kit? But even then, not many people are looking up how to fix a watch. Most people don't even wear watches anymore, I don't think. Um, Not that I've seen. Um, And then sometimes you just have to take a risk um, and find out. And that's that can be fun and everything. If you get success with it, that's great. You hit it out of the ballpark. You earn tens of thousands of dollars, whatever. But if it doesn't go well, you have to not just say, oh, it was a bad idea. You have to say, why didn't it go well? What happened with my rollout? Um, what did you do wrong, in other words? It could have just been the price. It could be an easy fix. You're trying to charge 67 and people are only willing to pay 17 because they don't know you. Or maybe it's just not that, you know, that much of a worthy, valuable product to them. Um it could be your sales copy or your graphics or something like that. I know if I land on a page and it looks amateurish, and, and I even create amateurish stuff a lot of times with graphics, um, it lessens my interest in buying it. Like if I land on someone and they have bad graphics, but I know their writing's good, I buy. But Or vice versa. If their writing is not good, but I know their graphics are good, I'll buy. Um, it depends on, you know, what they're selling, if they're selling a graphics pack or whatever. Um and then, you know, people that you team up with sometimes can be a problem. There's a lot of times where people will approach me to promote something as an affiliate and I won't promote because of who else is on that launch. Maybe there's one person out of three that I won't do business with, but you've aligned yourself with them. So that could be a problem. Um, and it could just be something like a media format. Maybe your course or your tool or whatever is is text and everyone wants video. It could be anything. So you really have to go through and say, okay, this flopped. Now why? Um, if I was doing lenses, maybe it flopped because I I just didn't have a good layout or maybe my I didn't have enough content or something on there. I don't know. Um and then you need to have when you're when you're considering doing something new like this, you need to have some trusted people that you ask. You don't want to just ask anyone because that puts your idea out there for someone to just pick up. So you don't want to just, you know, go post it on Facebook for everybody to see, but have some good people that you trust to give you some honest feedback and be able to handle that feedback. Don't get all, you know, upset if they are honest with you about something. Now, I was talking to someone else who's in another different type of business branch with me on fiction, and this person was wondering why their book's not selling, and I I took a look at it, and what I noticed, it was a women's fiction type of genre, um, which is basically just ordinary stories. If you look at Kristen Hanna or Jodi Picoult, things like that, ordinary stories about life. Um, and her cover was kind of cartoonish, uh, one of those drawings. It looked like a cozy type of cover or a chiclet, more like chiclet um, type of stuff. Sassy girl, you know, with a purse and a drink type of um, thing. So, 
for me, you know, when I go looking in there and she's just giving up because she tried this idea and she's thinking it doesn't work. And I'm like, wait a minute, work on your cover. The cover doesn't match. So this is something where you don't veer off the path and do your own thing. If I'm going into a genre and I see that book cover, I immediately think it's just miscategorized. It's not something she wants to veer off and do her own thing on. Same with her blurb. Um, You have to sit there and look at what kind of blurbs are in that uh, genre. A lot of times, if it's women's fiction, it'll say something like, you know, so-and-so thought she had it all, and then her world came crashing down, and then you look at her journey of how she gets it back or whatever. Um, You have to look and see, am I writing that kind of blurb, or am I totally off base? Um, In this case, it was off base. And even in the look inside, I noticed that paragraphs were very, very long. And that type of genre likes short paragraphs. Um, So that's something that needs to be changed. Point of view would be something that you might be able to take a risk on. You might say, you know what, everybody does third person in this. I'm going to see what a first person book would do. Give it a try. You might hit it out of the ballpark. People may not. They may go, oh, I don't like for a person, whatever, but a lot of people might. I personally love finding books that are written like a journal. Um, those are really cool to me. I just feel like I'm getting insight into a character. So sometimes it pays off to just kind of do things differently, and sometimes you're going against the common sense route where it, it actually is a turnoff for people um, and can cost you sales. Even with PLR launches, you know, I used to be so anti-OTO, anti-upgrade that I never had them. But when I added them like everybody else was doing, I made a ton more money because there's a lot of people who do buy them. Uh, JV pages, when I create my JV page, sometimes I'll go look at everybody else's JV pages and just make sure I've got all the elements in there that I need. Um, you know, do I have that graphic that shows the funnel, how it goes, you know, it goes from up front end to OTO1 to a down sell to, you know, that kind of thing. Do I have swipe file in there? Uh, someone initially decided to come up with a biz in a box idea. Everyone else originally was doing these um, PLR packs with just articles. And then all of a sudden, someone out there, not one me, comes out with a biz in a box that has everything. It has your ebook, your bonus report, your opt in lead magnet report. It has articles and product reviews and email series and graphics and everything. And it was like, whoa, you can get everything you need in that one package. And that was awesome. And then everybody else obviously does knockoffs and emulates that uh, success. So sometimes it's just hit or miss. And if you miss, I want you to be diligent and sit there and say, okay, why? Analyze it. You have to dissect it and break it down if you're going to be a good entrepreneur. Um, Because if, you know, think of it, if you were in a corporation and you were given the task of coming up with something and it launched and failed, your boss wouldn't just want you to move on and try something else. You have to get to the root of what happened so that you don't go on making those same mistakes every single time you're trying something, okay? So I hope that helps and we'll be back tomorrow.